Hey everybody, long time no see. I think I can speak for everyone when I say the beginning of the school year is nuts. And as you might have noticed, the show took a little break there for a few weeks. Well, I'm happy to say the show's back, but I'm sad to say that John has decided to step back as co-host. I really loved having him here on the show. He is one of my best friends, and you know it was great meeting new friends with him. And it's going to be really sad not having him here. So if you do happen to see John on Twitter, please tell him what a great job he did here on the show. Really loved having him. With that said, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode with Amber Owens. Um, It's a great episode, and I'm excited to be back. Talk to you soon. want to get a uh you know a degree in social media like there are social media marketing masters out there oh um, yeah and business seems cool but i'm i don't know if that's necessarily what i what i want to do i think general marketing is kind of where i want to go but you know yeah <laughs> it gives me an excuse not to do it so you know that's fair i so i will say like with um my decision to go into the marketing MBA program, my, so I only oversee social. That's the Mm -hmm. only thing I do. Um, Well, I shouldn't say that. I manage our workflow system, um, but 90% of my job is social. And my bachelor's degree is actually in social media. So I have communications and social media side of it. I've got the creative content side and, you know, how the platforms work and why they, you know, have become what they've become, but I don't have the business side of it. Yeah. Um, And so that's kind of what led me into that. It's like, well, I can go for another, like, you know, communications masters or specific marketing, but you know, I was trying to think a little bit long term into what I wanted to do. And if I always wanted to be running social media accounts, and it's like, maybe one day I won't, <laughs> you yeah. know, I have to wake up to weird messages on Facebook. Let's get into that after you introduce yourself, because I have things to say about that. So, yeah, um, and, and I want to see what you think. So uh, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and, and, and then we'll go from there. Okay, yeah. So my name is Amber Owens, and I am the social media manager for uh, Indiana Tech, or our traditional name is the Indiana Institute of Technology. Uh, I'm from Fort Wayne, Indiana, and uh, that's about it. That's about it. Um, it. How did you end up there? Just curious. Um, To be totally honest, it was not necessarily a fluke, but I graduated college in 2016 and held a bunch of different jobs. I worked at a community college, a statewide community college, for uh, four or five years as like an administrative assistant. Um, so I was really familiar with higher ed, but then I was working for an orthopedic company as a project manager. So I was doing that thing that a lot of college grads do where they, you know, sort of wander until they figure out what they want to do. Um, and I, I loved social media. That's why I got my degree in it. And I was at work, um, you know, just kind of not wasting away, but very (laughs) bored. And, somebody sent me the listing for the position and I thought it was a long shot, (laughs) but I applied and uh, I got a call back and 
the uh, the director of communication, who's now my boss, he asked me, he's like, you know, why are you interested in this? I see that you came from Ivy Tech Community College and you've got your degree, but, you know, you haven't yet really done anything um, work-wise. And I'd also been taking on some social media volunteer stuff with a uh-huh. Greyhound Rescue that I work with. So I had a little bit of experience, but it wasn't in a paid capacity. And so I was just kind of like, you know, I loved working in higher ed. I loved seeing our students succeed, but I also really have this passion for putting stuff online and seeing how people interact with it. And I'd love to, you know, make that into my day to day work because it just sounds amazing. And I, you know, it's the kind of thing that I get up and I'm ready to go to work. I don't ever dread going into work. And then they, you know, and offered me the job and I was there, I want to say three weeks later, it was a very, very quick turnaround. That's a, that's a good attitude. Um, I could definitely say I've been running social media at Belmont since we started social media. Cause I helped start it. So that was in 2009. I think it was a year or two after I started at Belmont. I started in 2008. Um, I can't believe I've been at, Belmont this long but um yeah 11 years is a long time but um you know what's cool is that I've been able to watch social media evolve over over time right and you know there is a piece of me and and I'll say this uh not trying to be ageist or anything but I know myself um I don't know I did kind of get tired of it a little bit um mostly from a standpoint of, um, what is it? Because it's hard to put into words. It's, it's, I guess it's social media burnout. <laughs> I oh, guess yeah. there's some level of that. Um, and, you know, it wasn't until I got, you know, a little more help with social. Because I was doing it, you know, I was one of like two people that were doing it like actively all the time. Um, um, at the university, there's me and someone in communications um, who's really awesome. And it, between the two of us, it, it, you know, it got kind of um, got kind of tough, you know. Um, but you know, once I got some help, and you know, the other thing too is that I have I've had a, always had a lot of other things on my plate other than just social media. So so it's been nice, um, you know, as I've moved to the place where I'm at, where you know, I can branch out and do some other things and, and never be bored, um, which is, which is, which is good. And, and so that, I think it's a really, I think it's really good that you're, you know, you're, you're looking a little bit beyond where you are now. Um, because you know, yeah, you, you, you disconnect a little bit, especially, you know, I'm, I'm getting up there in age and, uh, the, the, the students aren't getting any younger or older. How's that? Oh, yeah. Um, so, you know, Logan's sense of humor these days is not necessarily, and, you know, what I think, you know, memes and and all that kind of stuff. Um, my generation of memes are not the same gen, the same memes that people post now. Um, and sometimes I don't get it. Um, yeah. I, I, uh, we had a takeover two weeks ago, and the students started out, you know, I'm super excited to do our takeover Thursday on, on, um, on Belmont's Instagram story, you know, let's get this bread. And I'm like, what does that even mean? Um, Wow. And see, I'm actually surprised they use that because to me, that's an old meme. 
(laughs) (laughs) Because to me, that was popular like a year ago. Wow. But I will, I will also say, and I don't mean to interrupt, but like, no, it's okay. uh, I, uh, I spend a lot of, I think why I like my job is because naturally I spend a lot of time online and I always have because I grew up with the evolution of the internet. And like, I remember the time before internet and I remember having dial up and I remember like our first DSL line and kicking my sister off the computer by picking up the phone. (laughs) Um, you know, I remember making my first blogging website, which was on a website called Zanga, which was kind of like live journal. Um, and then, you know, making my MySpace, I joined Facebook as soon as it opened up to high school students and you had to get verified by another student. And like, I've been not at the beginning of all of it, but I've been a part of it for so long that it's just who I am. So I'm always online. And I think that's what makes it a little bit easier to connect with my work is just that like, even when I'm not at work, I'm still on social media. Yeah, I try to. Um, but you know, like I said, it's, you know, I took up, I've taken up running and a few other things. Not to say that, you know, that I just, I just don't get on as much as I used to. I mean, I still get on Reddit and, you know, I still surf animes and, you know, all that other stuff. Um, I was just looking at it today. There's like a big, like, battle happening on, on that subreddit, the uh, anime meme sub- subreddit and uh, about sign um, memes. <laughs> it's hilarious. Um, but... Yeah, I just, uh, I don't know. There's just so much diversity of content on social media these days. It's just yeah. so hard to keep up. It um, is. And it's like, and, if you take a week off, you're a month behind. Yeah. And see, I didn't even know what, I didn't even know that bread was a year old. <laughs> so now I feel kind of old and out of touch myself. Oh, um, no. But that's okay because I have students that help me. They, they help me not be that old because they'll explain things to old Logan. Um, oh. <laughs> isn't that sweet? Um, they like, it's really super interesting because my students um, who um, kind of help me out with social and everything, they don't even want to call it social media anymore. They just want to call it media. And I'm like, but, but that's not oh. media is different. Um, yeah. When I was in school, it was new, new media. It wasn't media, and it wasn't new media. It was new, new media, and that was the stupidest name in the world. Oh, when but... I was in school, it was called Web 2.0. So, <laughs> I actually think I might have a textbook that references Web 2.0. Yeah, the uh, the uh, the interactivity. It's not just about you know putting information mm-hmm. out there anymore. It's about users interacting with the information that you put out there. They didn't even call it content back then. Nope. Um, and I, I just find it fascinating just how definitions have changed. And yeah. it's, it's just fascinating. It really is. And, you know, I could write a whole story about, you know, all the stuff that I've done through on the internet, probably a whole novel. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I digress. Um, social media I still think is fun I I do feel like the social aspect of it gets lost these days Um, you know interacting with people building community that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. Um, and sometimes I have a feeling that it's kind of gone you know okay so as a user I find 
Wendy's to be absolutely hilarious. And I find these Twitter wars between brands to be great. But as, as a person who actually does it, like there's a piece of me that I've been through enough on the internet (laughs) that (laughs) I I don't want to do that (laughs) Um, because it can, you know, it can blow up in your face um, in the worst possible way. Um, And there is a fine line between being hilarious and being um, something else. Um, Yeah. That starts with a and ends with whole. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, you're totally right. It's you never know how something's going to go over and everything is a risk. Yeah. Um, not to say that people shouldn't take risks. I'm just saying, no. huh, you know, sometimes I, it, 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 you know, I don't know. Maybe I've lost some of my nerve these days, but, uh, <laughs> um, you know, I think about, um, I, I just think about it and I'm just like, sometimes I wish we could go back to the days when we were in chat rooms and meeting people, you know, all over the world and thinking that was the coolest thing uh, because oh, I've yeah. met some of my best friends um, on the internet through things like Zanga. Like I <laughs> did that all the time. Um, man, just chat rooms. Like those were fun. Um, somehow I don't think I'd ever want to be on a chat room if they existed right now. Um, oh, but, uh, cause it's a different place now. Internet's a different place. Yeah, um, it is. And, and I'm in the same boat. I, uh, I made a lot of really, really great friendships when I was a teenager through, um, like message boards. Um, oh yeah. I message actually- boards. I had my own message board. Yeah, we had, I was a part of one with like 15 other people and it was the best thing ever. And it was, it's actually interesting, um, you know, how those relationships can evolve because I met this girl, her name was Miranda. She lives in Nashville. She grew up in Nashville. Uh Um, Oh, that's where I live. (laughs) Yeah, she and I met up, she actually grew up in Hendersonville. Oh, well, that's where my wife's from. See, it's it's such a small world. And she and I, like, we had a ton of shared interests. We talked for years. We ended up meeting up. We went to a concert together in, like, Indianapolis. And then a couple months later, not even a few months later, she calls me up. And she's like, hey, I'm heading to Chicago with another one of my friends if you want to come up. Because that's about three hours from me. And I went and met up with them while the friend she was with was a guy um, also from Nashville. And he and I ended up dating for like somewhere in between a year and two years. And I spent so much time in Nashville and I like fell in love with the city and I met so many other people down there. And just that one friendship from that one message board just completely changed my life. Yeah. And- um, same thing with me. Um and for my general friend group too. So um, not that I am taking any like um, whatchamacallit uh, credit for stuff, but like a friend of mine, two friends, well, three, no, two friends of mine met through my message board. Um, one went to high school with me um, and got married to one of my best friends online. And then, a guy I went to college with met another one of my really good friends online and they got married um, and ended up moving to Nashville 
Um, Though he was already here, but that was pretty amazing. Went to their wedding. Um, And yeah, so there's a couple kids that are alive now, or at least (laughs) because of of me and my (laughs) internet, um, my love for the internet. And, you know, another great example like you have, um, um, my friend Lorelai, who lives in Oregon, um, just actually came back from her wedding, which was like two weeks ago. Um, or three weeks ago. And um, it was pretty amazing because I met her and then I've become friends with like so many people in her friend group um, because she just kind of, she's one of those people that kind of pull, she's like gravity, right? She's like so amazing and so nice and so cool that everybody wants to be friends with her and then everybody becomes friends because of her. So Mm -hmm. it's pretty cool. So I have the same thing that I guess you have here in Nashville um, over in Oregon, um, which I guess for you is a little easier because it's probably easier to get here than it is for me to go to Oregon. So um, there's that. But I met her through Zenga. Um, and, you know, it was it's cool stuff. And, you know, I'm really glad that the Internet was able to pull people together because it feels like these days all we do is argue that's one. Uh, and number two, um, the other thing that we do is we talk to the people immediately within our friend groups, but we don't talk to really people outside of them. And when you do meet someone out of your friend group, like I met you on Twitter, um, mm-hmm. there's like a thousand other people like wanting to have a conversation too. So it's kind of hard to stand out um, unless you have a podcast and you say, hey, Amber, do you want to be on my <laughs> podcast? And I guess... Uh, now we're friends, um, or at least we can be. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's, I miss those days of the internet. Um, yeah. I guess is what I'm trying to say. And maybe, you know, the world is, is you know, the world turns and things become more interested. Maybe people will stop caring about um, who can outdo each other with memes more than anything. And, <laughs> you know, um, get back to, to actually having interactions because that's one of the things on Twitter is you can't really have a conversation um, unless you, you know, take it slightly off of Twitter via DM or, or messenger or something like that. Cause you know, it's kind of creepy to give your iMessage away to somebody on the internet. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm a hundred percent with you. It's really like, I'd also add that it's not the same that it used to be like, so just using the example of looking at current college students, I'm 28 years old. So I was in, Mm -hmm. I was starting my college journey about 10 years ago. And, uh, I, when I was in college, the big thing was Tumblr and (laughs) I was on Tumblr all the time. And I met so many great people and I was a part of like fandoms and I was like, you know, creating content for fandom stuff. And I'm, you know, I met another friend that I've got now in um, Vancouver. I've met people from, you know, all around the country, just amazing, amazing friendships. And like, you, like you said, just building communities within those websites. But now it's like, you know, obviously Tumblr fell from grace with its <laughs> uh, weird rules and, adult usage guidelines and whatever, but, um, yeah. Uh, it did get a little cray there for a little while. 
It did. It did. And like I've logged on a few times in the last couple of years and it's, it's like a ghost town, but um, now instead of being on websites like that, we're on Instagram and Snapchat and TikTok, and you're, instead of like joining those communities, you're following influencers and you're following right. people you want to be like. And while that still provides you with that sort of entertainment that comes along with social media, it doesn't give you the community and the interaction in the same way. And maybe it's still valid. I mean, I can't argue against that, but it's definitely different. Yeah. Well, luckily there are still communities outside of the internet that we can still be a part of. And, and I bring that up because um, one of the cool things that I, um, we had a little discussion about it on DM too, um, Dragon Con. And oh. uh, you went there um, yeah. and I was jealous and <laughs> all my friends went. And I was jealous and they all sent pictures to me via text message and, and stuff. And I was like, uh, um, like even our chief of police at Belmont, like totally went to dragon con. I was like, oh uh, um, I, I had so much FOMO. It was, it was very, <laughs> it was very upsetting for me. Um, but that's okay because I was just relaxing labor day cause I really yeah. needed it. But still, um, I was kind of jealous. So uh, you did some cool stuff there. I'll let you talk about it, but um, yeah. <laughs> well, first of all, I will say that I'm somewhat jealous that you got to relax because um, on Labor Day, leading up to Dragon Con for us, my husband and I spent five days at Disney World. <laughs> that sounds stressful. In retrospect, was not a great idea. Um, but it was my birthday the weekend before, um, and we were, I was like, you know what, we're annual pass holders to Disney. Um, our passes are going to expire here in like two months, I think. And I was like, we're already going to be in Atlanta. It's going to be my birthday. Why don't we just add some days to the trip and head down before we go to Dragon Con? Because, and you know, Orlando's close to Atlanta. <laughs> for us we were already driving down anyways what's another six hours in the car right <laughs> but <clears throat> we'd never been to dragon con and we do conventions in um like the midwest and sometimes we'll go to philadelphia and stuff and we're used to large conventions um there's one in chicago called c2e2 in the springtime it's really really popular and it's pretty big um and that's kind of what we were expecting and boy, were we wrong. It was just total chaos. It was like a continuation of Disney World. It was like the people from Disney went to Dragon Con and it was just crowds and chaos and it was hot. It was quite the experience. But we did have a really, really good time. Um, we were there primarily um, with a group of droid builders. Um, who build typically prop replica droids of um, robots from the Star Wars movies, mm -hmm. um, working functional droids, um, but there was also a couple extras there. Uh, there was a working Wally. Oh, wow. I don't know wow. if there's any photos or video of that. I know it got some coverage from the Dragon Con social um, mm -hmm. profiles. And there were some other really cool ones there. There was a guy who made one of the robots or the animatronics, I guess, from the Star Tours ride huh. in Disney named, I think is Rex. 
Um, and then they dressed up as Star Tours workers. <laughs> okay. The people who owned him. Um, so yeah, we were down there with our uh, robot building friends, and we got to drive robots around one of the hotels for like four days. And we dressed up in BB-8 themed onesies and went to a big party where we ran into the puppeteers of mm-hmm. BB-8 from Star Wars and made huge fools of ourselves and just generally had a really great time. So you build BB. So you've built a BB-8. Well, yeah, actually, we, um, I, I can't take all the credit. It's my husband and I, um, yeah. we're technically on our third build. Um, we have been at this since like 2016. We came home from episode seven and that was the first Star Wars movie that I had seen. And I knew that people built like R2-D2s and stuff. And my husband had an interest in 3D printing and robotics anyways. And I was like, man, I would kill to have a BB-8. That thing was so cool. He was so funny, so quirky, so cute. And shortly thereafter, we found a video online. I think there was like this kid in, oh, I can't remember if it was like South America. He was somewhere not in the U.S. I remember that much. And he built like a BB-8 in his backyard with his dad over like holiday break. And it was like, surely it can't be that hard. Well, again, boy, were we wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, keeping found... the head on the rolling ball, I imagine would. Well, I get it with the small one because I have a little BB-8 and I get how mm-hmm. it works. Um, it's a little mouse, like literally a mouse. uh if you ever looked at it, the underside of an old, like, you know, rollerball mouse, that's essentially yeah. how it works uh, with a magnet that keeps it attached. Mm-hmm. Um, does it work the same way on the bigger, bigger ones? Um, somewhat, but not quite. So that's actually a super common question. So um, a lot of people and a lot of people assume that either the head works the same way or the body works the same way. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't quite work when you scale it up. The physics don't work on a larger scale. I don't um, think they would. So yeah, it's kind of a bummer because we get a lot of people who come to the events and they're like, oh my God, I have one of those at home. You just made it bigger, right? And it's like, oh, not quite. Um, so it's the magic of magnets on the head um obviously we sometimes we joke and tell people when they come up and they ask us that it's the force um (laughs) yeah it's the force don't let your cell phone be too close to it well or have kids kick it or smack it or um, a number of things that have happened many times um they are rare earth magnets Ooh, Um, so they're strong Yes, they're very strong. They're like, break your fingers if you get them in between their strong, which uh, makes it interesting when you've got kids trying to shove their fingers underneath the head at events. But um, there are a couple of different, we call them um, dome mounts, mm-hmm. but a few different designs, all of which use multiple magnets and reverse polarity. Right. There's a mount inside the body that's attached to the drive system. And there's a mount inside the head. And so the reverse polarity kind of keeps it together. And when the drive system moves, that's what keeps the head up top. Oh, that's cool. And there's usually like caster wheels on those as well to make it roll smoothly across. That's cool. Um, Does it have any other functionality other than that? Um, Because I've been wondering about that. Does anyone build 
them, you know, with ports that actually open and arms that actually pop out or um, any of that kind of fun stuff. Because that actually seems probably pretty hard to do in real life. But, you know, the nerd in me wants it to be real. Unfortunately, unless it's a completely static model, there hasn't really been um, a way to do any of that stuff yet. They're one of the builders that we've been um, becoming very good friends with. He thinks he's got a way to do it on one of the panels. But again, mm-hmm. it's, you've got so much stuff inside the body yeah. that there's not a lot of room to fit additional things. And when everything inside the body is moving and it doesn't really have a top or a bottom um stuff's gonna get run over and like we've yep. seen it even just there's lights on the outside of the body um at dragon con one of the guys with his the magnet mount inside the body caught on one of the lights and ripped some wires like off the mount um Ouch. and he was using wireless charging for the head so he immediately lost power to the head so Whoops. it's it can like start this weird chain reaction of other problems. But there are some people who have done static builds that don't actually drive. That'll do like the little thumbs up thing where it comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, but really R2D2s get all the cool tricks because they've got the body space for it. Yes, they do. Um, as long as you don't have, you know, um, a little person in it. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Which is really what gave it, that's that's one of the things that I always loved about that is that there was an actual there was actually an actor inside, yeah, uh, of R two, and that's what gave him so much life. Um, though, it's where the his, personality comes from. Yeah. Um, which okay, my brain just like went to Star Wars lore and everything, um, <laughs> as to why R two is so sassy. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's. I'm I'm just a huge Star Wars fan. Um, I was super happy when I got my little BB-8. Um, oh yeah. I I almost I came so close to buying an R2. Um, <laughs> I should have. Um, I actually wanted like the big the, like the big one that they used. Not the it's not really big, but you know a little like yeah. a two foot tall one that would mm-hmm. like um, you would put a you know a coke in it and it would bring it to you um, after yeah. you've put it in and gone into another room and told it to come back to you. Um, <laughs> Which is completely practical, right? Um, (laughs) So your friends will think that it went to the refrigerator and got it out for you. Um, (laughs) But in any case, um, uh, you know, I had a little art, a little toy R two D two, like when I was like six. I think it's the it's the first toy I can remember. Um, I love that thing um, so much, even though it was not in any way it it had a cylinder with a dome and two legs. And that's about as much as it had in common with R2-D2 because back in the eighties, you know, they didn't really actually make the toys look like the actual things. Uh, They just sort of looked like it. And that was good enough. Um, Your imagination did the rest. (laughs) Your imagination did the rest. Um, And yeah, I always just found it fascinating and cool and, I don't know. Just... I, I'm excited to do this kind of stuff with my son because, you know, um, he, he's really starting to get into Legos and stuff like that. And um, I can't really get him to sit down and watch a movie yet. But, you mm-hmm. know, one of yes. these days. I will tell you, one of the things that we get at 
a lot of the conventions we go to because a lot of times they put us in like the family area, which mm-hmm. is totally fine. And kids love the droids and that's part of why we do it. Um, it's just seeing those things come to life is a whole other experience. But um, we get a lot of parents who come up and they're like, oh, you know, my 10 year old is really, really interested in robotics or he's really, really interested in coding or he's really interested in 3D printing. How can I get him into doing this stuff? Because or her, you know, how can we get them into this? Because it's so cool, and it's such an easily accessible hobby. Yes, because it it's all community-based thing, and like we've got. So we're. I said we're on our third BBA. I've also got half of an R two D two in the other room, <laughs> <laughs> and we've got plans for a mouse droid next too um but it's like once a toaster start, on wheels yeah well we've we've got plans for it to be <laughs> a little something special um, awesome but yeah it's just we get so many kids who are interested in it and knowing that like their parents see it and they want to do it with them too is a really really cool feeling that's great um i uh I don't know. I'm that just makes me happy um, in general. <laughs> just all of that. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it's it's great to have it's great to have something that you can go home and do. Um, and one thing too, if there are parents listening to this, um, one thing that I do know, um, the BB-8, the Sphero BB-8, actually can be programmed uh, with. Um, there's a special Sphero app. Uh, for kids to learn how to code um, and to do robotics and all that kind of stuff. And you can actually teach your BB-8 to do things, light up certain ways, avoid obstacle courses, all that kind of stuff. And it's all code and it helps uh, teach kids how to do that. And I, I think that there's, um, I feel like Apple's like um, coding app, I forgot what it's called. Um, uh, um, Might integrate with that too, or at least that definitely is a way to teach kids how to do some stuff with, uh, with code and robotics and all that kind of fun stuff too. So um, Mm -hmm. it's, 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 it's not as hard as people think it is. Um, It's just kind of daunting to think. It's just a different way of thinking is really what it is in my, my way. And to be honest, I mean, at this point in life, um, I am too busy with other things <laughs> to, to do that. Um, but yeah, so it's really cool. So you had a so you had a great time, I guess, other than the busy and the kids almost losing their fingers to BB-8. Yeah, um, it was great. The cosplay was next level over there. So that's what I've heard. Yeah, it was fantastic. Cosplay. Another thing that I just. Uh, I would really love to do, but in if I ever did it, I'd want to do it well. And yeah, can't do it. Yes. Um, <laughs> I did that before we got into droid building. So, <laughs> well, it's fun stuff. I mean, I have several friends that are really into it. Um, um, even so, some uh, several like uh, older students. But, you know, these days I just like to go and see it and compliment people and tell them how awesome they are. <laughs> And, um, you know, just to see the detail that they put into it, um, is just amazing. Um, but at the same time, like, you know, I think that my days of doing that, 
I wish I just wish I had enough time um, and a sewing machine. I don't have one of those. <laughs> and those are kind of needed. What's that? I said one of those is easy to get. I suppose so. Um, but I have so many other things to buy. Um, um, like a new lawnmower. I need to do that. Um, but, you know, life. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, to, to bring it back to higher ed, um, you know, I asked this of, of all of our guests, um, and I guess my question to you is this, you know, what do you want folks in higher ed to know about what you do and why it's important? Um, I think the simplest way to put it is that social media is a means to building your community which means that it has to be done with a thoughtful hand, not necessarily careful, but thought has to be put into the way that you're building that community. And the community is everything about your institution. It's not just your students and the people who work there, but it's, you know, your reputation in your town. It's your reputation with prospective students. It's your future. It's your livelihood. It's everything. And um, you know, it's important to think about the value that you're providing to people, whether that's information or entertainment. And it's not just, you know, someplace to throw flyers onto your Instagram and call it a day. And it's not just, you know, some intern sitting at a desk scrolling through Twitter. Um, it can really make or break your success in the long term. And that, I think that's a great way to end it. Um, so thanks, Amber, for being on the show this week. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Listeners, head down to higher and get links to the stuff we talked about today and subscribe to the show anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you like the show, please consider giving us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps people find us and it lets us know what you think of the show. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at HES Podcasts. Send us a tweet. We love talking to you. And don't forget to let us know if you want to be on the show. Higher Ed Social was created by Jackie Vitrano and Logan Bishop and is produced by the amazing Emma Haas. The show is part of the Connect EDU Network, the first podcast network for higher education. Visit the website, connectedu.network, and subscribe to some awesome shows no matter where you work on campus. Thanks, and have a great week. <laughs>